You're listening to the Radiology News Network, RNN. Welcome to a new episode of RNN, the Radiology News Network podcast. And today, again, a special edition. We are now in the RNN Cafe with two special guests today from the Leiden University Medical Center and from Royal Philips. Radiology News Network, RNN. Yeah, warm welcome to our special guests. Uh, maybe it's good to start with an introduction. Kenneth, maybe you can start with your name affiliation. Sure, sure. My name is Kenneth Hergaarden. I'm a resident in radiology at the Leiden University Medical Center. And I work in a uh, part-time PhD function as well. So I work on a PC one day a week, while do the other four days working on the uh, residency to become a radiologist. Okay, great. And the second guest is uh, Merlijn Zevenster. Maybe you can also introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you, Hildo. Yeah, my name is Merlijn Zevenster. I'm a principal scientist with Philips Research, uh, working closely with you, Hildo, and others here in the Leiden University Medical Center. So we have a lot of projects around radiology. Um, so it's been great being here in the cafe. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, really nice that we are here together and uh, can discuss an interesting topic because today in the RNN cafe, the topic is workflow interruptions. And recently there was a very, very nice publication describing the problem. And uh, Kenneth, can you maybe summarize the paper, uh, start with the title and what it is about? Yeah, definitely. We came across this uh, interesting paper. It was uh, written down by Shah et al. It's called Workflow Interruptions and Effect on Study Interpretation Efficiency, which was published in the uh, journal called Current Problems in Diagnostic Radiology. And it's an interesting paper because it describes all the interruptions we experience in the daily workflow, uh, of course, as radiologists. But in this paper, they actually uh, found a way to quantify and, and, and... yeah, find a way to, to really show these uh, interruptions we experience in, uh, in numbers. Yeah, and how did they study that? What, what was their methodology? Because yeah, we, we discussed this a lot. Uh, we are complaining as radiologists that we are interrupted all day long. But then also our manager said, yeah, 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 you're complaining. But can you quantify that? Yeah, it's of course a difficult task to, to really quantify these interruptions. Uh, so what they did in this, this study, uh, they observed 13 radiologists. Uh, in this case, they were pediatric radiologists, and they were observed, observed for uh, 61 hours in total. And then they yeah, uh, noted down how often they were uh, interrupted and, and what this interruption uh, occurred, or what it existed of. Uh, and what they found is that nearly half of the time, uh, the radiologists were working interpre- interpreting the, the studies and the other half of the time they were actually interrupted. 
So that's quite a striking number, of course. So showing us the numbers we, we experience in daily practice. It's it's realistic, I guess. I so guess, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And do they also comment on the effect uh, on their work? Or? Yeah, definitely. Well, we expect an effect on the efficiency and the accuracy, of course, uh, of our diagnostic work. Uh, they also see an increase of the reading times uh, being done by these radiologists uh, because of these interruptions. And what is the affiliation of the authors? Was it where they're based? Uh, in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, I guess. And was it an academic hospital or? Uh, pediatric Children's Hospital uh, and with the o- Ohio State University Medical Center. So mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, big center. Anyway. Big center. Big center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and do they also comment on errors they made in diagnosis or readings that were too late or effects of the workflow interruptions? Uh, let me see if we can find something quick number on that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And what do they conclude? That is the most important for now, I guess. Yeah, that what what I said is that the total interruption time equals the the, the time of of the actual interpreting the studies. So that w- it's really leading to a decreased efficiency and a rec- increased report interpretation time. Um, so that's of course the main main finding. Yeah. And we have to find ways to, to make this workload more efficient, I guess. Yeah, and if we, we translate this to the practice uh, that we uh, experience every day, we have the same sort of feeling. You just start your speech dictation and looking at a complicated CT with uh, double-angulated cardiac imaging. And then finally you figured out what is the problem and what is the solution for the patient. And then a technician comes in and asks me about another complicated patient to enter a scan protocol and then I have to leave the current patient switch to the other patient I lose all my double angulations I forget actually what I concluded for myself okay then I enter the protocol for the other patient and then I go back to the one I was reporting and then I think okay let's start over (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what this was about yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) it's all these these short interruptions that that really (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Destroy the efficiency at the time of reading. That's also what they found because actually uh, 70% of the interruptions uh, lasted one minute or less. So it's a lot mm. of short interruptions. Yeah, was it? Because that is, in my experience, the big problem. There are many, many questions interrupting our work which are actually not needed to be answered in a second or in a minute or maybe in a half an hour or an hour. It's also, also okay. I think that is the big problem, that we are interrupted by phone calls and all kinds of logistical questions that are not so so prominent or not so important, yeah, actually. There's, there's only it's a few urgent questions uh, occurring during the day, indeed. Yeah. So yeah, we should really find a way to make this more efficient and to, to choose the right time to answer and, and answer yeah. these questions and to... Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think uh, the problem definition is really clear <laughs> that we have a lot of workflow yeah, yeah, yeah. interruptions yeah. and that uh, leads us to the second topic. Thank you for tuning in to Radiology News Network. And that is, of course, the solution to this problem. And uh, it's not by chance that we have uh, Marlijn here as a representative of Philips uh, because actually you are working on that, on some initial steps 
to solve this problem. Yep, that's right. So we have a, a project, we call it Rat Connect, and exactly about, uh, about this issue around uh, disruptions of the workflow. Um, I always, when I explain this, this project to my family, I say, you know, we, we all use WhatsApp. We, we never rarely use the phone, um, except for my mother. She always calls me, but otherwise all my friends, they always text me for anything. Um, but in healthcare, it's the other way around, right? If, if they need, have a question, if it's urgent or not urgent, they pick up the phone, they call, and it's disrupting everyone. Um, so what we're trying to do is to find out if we can use this asynchronous communication model where messages can just lie and wait for maybe a couple minutes or an hour. Um, so this asynchronous communication model, if we can find a way to implement it in healthcare. Um, <clears throat> and another aspect that we're actually adding to it is role-based communication, uh, because we know that, that of course, in, in everyday life, right, you, you want to talk to your friend, so you call your friend. Uh, or you want to call your mother, and you call your mother. But... In healthcare, you don't care who you're actually talking to because you, you need the radiologist that happens to be on call that day, right? Um, unless you want to kind of go and have a drink with that particular person. But otherwise, <laughs> you you just want to um, need just the person that is actually in the role of neuroradiologist or thorax radiologist. So those two things is what we added, combined in the Rod Connect solution or prototype. Um and that's what we showed to radiologists and technologists here in Leiden University Medical Center. Um, and we showed that to them and we collected feedback on, like, is this something that you would use? And if you would use it, under what conditions? Um, and that was actually the, uh, yeah, we had uh, some results on that. So that was very promising, actually, how people responded to that concept. And, and you already presented this during the European Conference on Radiology just before the summer this year in 2022. Uh, can one of you maybe summarize the results or what was presented there as, a, as an abstract presentation? Yeah, so we had we had a joint abstract, um, and Kenneth actually presented it. But <laughs> so it's 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 really nice. Um, so we asked people to to yeah to have a look at the prototype to uh, to conduct a number of tasks. Like, what would you do if you would want to have a question for somebody? So they click through the prototype, and then at the end we ask them like, how did you like it? When would you use it? How does it compare to other tools, asynchronous tools? Um, and overall, we got very good reviews. So they say they strongly agree, so to say, with the fact that they would use it. Um, and it, in particular for non-urgent tasks. So image review or protocoling questions, that's where they said they would really want to use it. For urgent things like um, maybe stroke review or so, they said, no, we're not going to use this. We'd rather use the phone. So that was very, very encouraging data. And actually, next week, uh, the first implementation of that's a very uh, simple version, will be uh, tested, actually, in, a, in an initial phase in the real clinical situation. Can you comment a little bit on the design or what can you do with that simplified tool? What can it already offer in a test environment? Yeah, so we have, um, yeah, the, the basic concept, text, uh, concept is a, a ticket. So the technologist can create a ticket. He says, this is my question. So he clicks one category. He says, this is my question category. If he wants to, he can actually change the question or, or add some language to the, to the question. 
And very important, he assigns an urgency level. He says, I'd like to have a response within five minutes or within 10 minutes or I don't care. <laughs> Whenever if you have time, you just... <laughs> so he sends in the ticket and then it appears on a work list, like a PAX work list for a radiologist and the radiologist picks it up from that work list and then that's opening a chat channel, so to say, and then they can chat about the question. Um, and, and that, that is ticket. just a radiologist. It's not a particular name or a person, but somebody who picks up this uh, glove from the floor and handles it. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So so that's the fun part. So the tech sends the ticket to the radiologist account or to the neuro section or to the thorax section. Um, and only when the radiologist opens the ticket, he sees, oh, that's the radiologist that I'm talking, I'm now chatting with Hildo, but he can't choose who who they, um, who is who's picking it up or who will yeah, who, who are they're chatting with? Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, the initial setup, of course, is limited just to test the concept and see if it works. Uh, later on, uh, I think uh, you will uh, expand to other uh, clinical sections or to the emergency department or the acute radiology or interventional radiology guys like uh, Kenneth. Um, but if we fantasize a little bit more, uh, maybe for for Kenneth, a nice question: What can be incorporated in that uh, asynchronous communication system later on? Yeah, you could think of, of findings that, that have been done uh, with other AI applications, or we could think of other uh, physicians in the house we could communicate with, uh, communicate our findings on the, the imaging exams with them um, on a non-urgent base, perhaps, so we don't have to interrupt them from their uh, work. Of course, it's also a factor. Um, so yeah, a lot of communication could be uh, find its way in, into a system like this. Uh, but f- the first step, perhaps, is a, is a nice one, uh, starting to reduce our interruptions and reduce the, all the smaller interruptions uh, from yeah. our workflow at first. Yeah, yeah and, and what you mentioned uh, that is really interesting is the, is the generalization of this concept and make it not rod connect for radiology connection, but med connect to connect all the medical people. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and there are some companies already offering... Uh, bits of solutions it's not a full software solution but for example there are solutions out there for communication around acute problems uh, like for example a stroke uh, then you have an app uh, on your phone and then you can see the non-contrast CT of the brain you can see the perfusion of the brain the CTA of the brain and then discuss with each other in a sort of app-like environment uh, what to do uh, is there possibility for uh, EAT or not or, or should yeah, we just yeah, uh, do yeah, something yeah. else or wait uh, and that is a nice concept I think maybe. definitely yeah then but we have uh, one one spot where we can yeah, discuss our findings and share them with the other physicians instead of yeah having a in, in practice often inefficient way of communicating uh, calling each other and calling around in yeah. circles and it could be a nice way to, to bring it all together and, and have the most efficient workflow for this as well yeah so even for the urgent cases we could find ways of improving the communication definitely and that also saves a lot of time maybe eh, for the patient treatment if everybody is completely synchronized from the start of the scan on the ct in the stroke situation for example uh, then maybe the uh, the time to treatment is even exactly and this can be very important of course especially when we call uh, talking about stroke or or other cases like that or a bleeding patient um 
we get all get on the same page uh, more efficiently and, and, and faster. So this also could improve the uh, uh, quality of care actually for these patients. Yeah, and it, it's really nice that Philips is involved in this project, of course. So, um, uh, but what do you think will be the next step? The small, small, smallest next step for the product? For is the the small, it's yeah. not a product. It's not a product. So it's a research prototype. Um, I think what we're really going to learn is is the adoption. So are people yeah. really okay to use it? Because now they use a phone, they walk by, um, and that's about it. Now they have a totally new tool. And how are they going to use it? Are they actually getting used to using it? Is the other side receiving it? Do they trust it? Um, it's only going to work if, if there's somebody picking up the phone, as a metaphor, so to say, because, right? Um, and I think it would be very interesting to see if we can add on more users to the system So, and then see really if, if, if the Department of Radiology starts to rely on a tool like, like this. Can we really make it work for healthcare? Yeah, it will be really exciting next uh, six months to see how it works out in uh, in the real life uh, testing. Thank you for tuning in to RNN. Yeah, maybe uh, to finalize our nice uh, discussion in the RNN Cafe uh, for Kenneth, it's inter- interesting to know how you think about AI integration in general in the clinic. Do, do you have uh, AI applications already running in your practice? Yeah, we do. We do with actually several uh, applications running um, and, and becoming more and more, uh, which we try to integrate as, as good as we can for each uh, separate solution. But we can, uh, can think of solutions where we actually um, mark a chest X-ray as being normal or being abnormal, so we can make a different priority in the work list. So work like that is, is being done in our hospital, actually. Uh, so it's getting closer and closer to the... Uh, yeah, well, to more integration of AI into our clinical workflow. Yeah, it's becoming reality then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so what, what, what I like most is that the applications are directly linked from the pack system to the application, and that you do not have to start a separate software package because always the license is expired, the server is down, or something. There's always a problem. But when it is integrated in the, the viewing environment, then you get rid of a lot of uh, logistical problems. So I'm a strong believer from uh, the fully packed integrated AI solutions. But uh, yeah, definitely. I hope Merlijn also agrees. <laughs> yeah, that. of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, thank you very much for this interesting uh, discussion and your uh, contribution to the uh, RNN podcast. And as always, we will end with innovations leads to leadership. And this time it's about CT. RNN. Innovation leads to leadership. At EMI, there's royal recognition and a meeting with its inventor, Godfrey Hounsfield. The first body picture I took was of myself. And um, I was very amazed to see what I looked like inside. The world's first CT patient was scanned in London in 1971. It became clinically available in 1973 and the body machine became available in 1975 so 80 years after Röntgen's discovery RNN